Jason, as it is every single week, today's episode of Lee Summit Town Hall is brought to you by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! We say it every week, Jason. These are good folks providing good service for Lee Summit and the area surrounding. Jason, I'm going to talk about one thing and one thing only with Budget Blinds this time. What is it? Automation. Automation. It's the future. The robots are coming for us all. Die! Well, look, it's not a reason to be scared. You should embrace the future, embrace the automation, embrace the fact. All hail my new robot overlord? Yes. And embrace the fact that you can sit in your comfiest chair and either at the push of a button or the use of your voice control your window treatments and virtually everything else in your home. That sounds a lot better than a lifetime of indentured slavery to the robot overlords. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a, a new owner of the Alexa device, so I she might be taking over. That's fine. Well, if you can get Alexa to open and close your shades. I can. Alexa can open and close the shades. Alexa can turn on and turn off my lights. And all of this stuff can be set up if you go visit the fine folk at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Where do you find them, Jason? I believe they are in downtown Lee Summit. They are right on Main Street in the heart of Lee Summit. Go visit them. Tell them Jason Nick sent you. Big news, Jason. Chili Fest is coming. It is. Chili- oh, actually, let's be clear. Chili Fest is coming back. back. Chili Fest returns to Lee Summit October 5th at Bridge Space in downtown Lee Summit. Proceeds are benefiting cold water of Lee Summit. Look, I know you people. All of you. I mean, like the nine who listen to our show. I know who you are. One of those is your mother. We know. No, it's actually not my mother. They, <laughs> they downloaded it. I don't think they actually listen. She stopped listening? They, yeah, I don't think she does. Anyway, everybody loves chili. Even my mom, actually. She loves some chili. And this is your chance to make chili, to bring it, and to show people how good your chili is. Because everybody really thinks, well, my chili's better than your chili. Like, I have great chili. You know what? They're wrong, though. Because my chili's better than That's what chili. I'm saying. And, and other than your chili, my, uh, other than my chili, your chili is the best. It's fine. <laughs> so there are four categories of things to cook and show off this yeah, year. Yeah, you don't, you, you don't have to just show off your chili. No, you can show off your wings. Mm. You can show off your salsa. Mm. Oh. You can do the homestyle chili, which is, I think, Nick and I's area of expertise. And then the Cassie chili. So Nick and I are going to be on a team this year. It's Team Link to Lee Summit. We're going to go in and we're going to do that. And I think he and I are going to try to make a Cassie chili, even though we really... Well, I don't look, know what we're look, doing. Look, I'm Team Beans. Oh, I know. I am too. We can do both. We can do all of the, we can do all of the above. We have multiple pieces of labor. We can manage it. But we're going to try a Cassie chili. I think we're going to try it. We're going to see how it's how how it goes and uh, and give that a shot this year to to try that out. So, but the Cassie chili is the official competition chili. There's all kinds of rules with it. Um, but it's the just meat and sauce type chili. Um, it's tasty, but I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't understand that no beans. But I will do it for the cause. Benefiting cold water of Lee Summit. Hey, and if you want to have a team, you can. You can you can join in. You go to Chili Fest website. It's bridgespace.us slash chilifest. And this is also a great place if you want you if you have a local business, you can have a business team. You can get sponsorship that way. It's a great great opportunity for team building, or if you want to bring a customer or a client out with you, have a little fun, cook some chili, hang out. And if you just want to come and purchase a spoon and taste all of the chilies, that all is of the okay salsa, too. all of the wings. You can do that, and you will have a darn good time. It is. It is a blast. Uh, doing the chili time is actually also a lot of fun, so we fully encourage everyone to come do that. You should visit bridgespace.us slash chilifest for more information. We'll see you in October. Mm-hmm. 
Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who is secretly happy that all the news waited to happen until he got back from vacation. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. Look, there's no secret to this happiness. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about that, like when all the stuff, all these headlines that we're going to go through and talk about today happened, like after Wednesday of last week when we published that well early, well early canned episode. I was like, Good. We don't have to come up with something in the middle. I don't have to call Nick to try to like sco- cobble together something to, <laughs> to talk about it as we as we all happen. So that was good. Link to Lee Summit is the source, as you know, for all the news you need about this very fine city. And our unofficial sponsor today is Centrum Silver. It's the right vitamin wah, for my co-host wah. after his birthday oh, yesterday. Gosh. Happy birthday, Nick. Thank you. It was my birthday yesterday. And the problem is, is no matter how old Nick gets and how much money I make from I'm older. Yeah. And so it's I'm I, I just think of it as I I'm just paving the path for you into doddering oldhood. I'd like I'd like to <laughs> amend that and say you're considerably older. There are words I would like to say, but this is a family <laughs> show. <laughs> so we're gonna skip that. So um so Nick, what's going on? Well hey, hey there's a lot of stuff going on, but first, I want to do something. We haven't done this in a while, Jason. Let's throw out some good onions. Good onions. Uh, hey, flooring and more. This is a cool deal, and I'm not just doing this for Mrs. Link to Lee Summit. Good on you, flooring and more. But flooring and more for the second consecutive year, they have made rugs and other various items available for teachers as they get ready to go back to school. Go in, they grabbed a rug, and they left. I don't think people really appreciate like how much stuff teachers purchase for their classrooms and and not just like to decorate and what have you but like supplies for their students extra stuff your wife who also deserves a good on you by the way um organized a um, a book drive through scholastic book drive where she's getting uh friends of hers to help contribute to make sure that every student in her class gets at least one book a month from Scholastic, which is a great deal on that. But they put a lot of work into it. So the people at Flooring and More, good on you for coming forth and and easing that burden that the teachers have uh, for making their classrooms good spaces. Another good on you, Jason, uh, Door Systems of Lee Summit. We talked about this a little bit on the Lee to Lee Summit website uh, last week, but I wanted to bring it up here. It's worth noting they hold a, a campaign, a one-month campaign every year where 10% of sales go to some local nonprofits, some area organizations that need help. This year, they were able to raise money for Lee Summit Social Services, KC Pet Project, Hillcrest Transitional Housing, and Lee Summit Public Safety. So good on you to Door Systems of Lee Summit. And anytime you get an opportunity to have a photo opportunity where you're handing a check to a charitable organization, that's a pretty good deal. So good on good on you to Door Systems. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say there was uh, uh, a company that that works with Door Systems and I just I just met this this marketing agency uh, a couple weeks ago and she said, "Hey, do you ever run stories about about org- local companies supporting Nonprofits. I'm like, I love those stories. Please give me more Please of those give stories. Me all of those <laughs> yes. stories. Um, look, there is nothing really that we like highlighting more than than people doing good in our community. So, so the more of that, the better. So, good. If that brings the effect, that brings the balance that we need to this podcast. So that when, <laughs> after when we get into the next section, where we may be a little more critical of things going on in the city, it helps balance out um, uh, balance out the feel so that we can, we can be critical and we can move forward to make things better, but we can also acknowledge that there's good stuff going on and already people trying to do that. So this is your penance is what you're saying? No, I would think of it as like a prepaid account sort of a thing. We, <laughs> we try to, we prepay in and then we draw some of that back out. Well, before we move on, let's just say one more time, good on you to Florian Moore and door systems of Lee summit. Good job guys. Jason, we had 
an election yesterday. I'm not sure everybody knew about it. I mean, certainly not everybody voted. Well, you know, so <laughs> they may have known, but not everybody showed up. Look, when there's one item on the ballot and it was a you know a bond issue, I get that it's not going to be a, a sexy draw to get everybody out. We expected low turnout, but I'm just going to say this, and I know I say it every time we have an election, I'm disappointed in turnout. Less than 5,000 people showed up to vote. Yeah, and and we um, we have the, the, the counts, the unofficial numbers we have right now are just from Jackson County. So just to make sure we get the news part of the news in, the bond issue passed. It was... Uh, 3,400 votes to about 550 votes. 86-14 was the margin, and that's Jackson County only. Uh, we were not, as of time of recording, able to grab what the cast results were. Uh, but that's that's 4,000 people in the Jackson County portion of the summit uh, coming to the polls, which is like a third of a municipal election. So that puts it that's going to peg that right around the five percent mark, and that's just not great. This is not great. No, uh, you know one of the one of the three things that we we preach on this show one of the reasons we started doing this podcast was to encourage people to get involved and the easiest way to get involved is show up to vote yep i got there i got to the polls about an hour and change after they had opened and usually there's on big election days there's a line or there's people in and out i was voter number two um an hour into the polls being open so that let me know that oh yeah it's gonna be a low turnout election so (laughs) um there we are but it pa- the bond issue passed the public safety, so we we now have funding for the uh, building of the two new firehouses, uh, acquiring some equipment, including body worn cameras, uh, for the police department, some rehab of the police uh, municipal court building, and some network infrastructure, which is clearly the sexiest part of this entire process, um, will be approved. And over the next several years, those will be uh, brought into service. So that's good. Um, so I'm glad those who came were in favor of those sorts of things, but uh, we need more people to come to the polls. Just show up. Decisions are made yep. by those who show up. Hey, I'm going to take a little bit of, uh, of a break from city stuff. I'm going to shift over. Let's talk a little bit about the R7 school district. They made news again this past week, Jason. Yes, they um, did. And, and I'm going to say we're going to get into the whole thing, and I'm going to say that I think the district deserves credit for the decision they made at, at in the end of this process, but in, in a district and community that has spent the last 15, 18 months having public discord over a lot of issues. Including spending three quarters of a million dollars terminating the contract of the superintendent over equity and inclusion issues. Right. This was not the, this was not the best look or the best timing to have this this story come out and what and what this was jason was the school district as every school district does plans a convocation event where they bring all their teachers and staff in together and it's just kind of a big kickoff ceremony for the for the upcoming school year and as many school districts do they accept free space from a community church because they bring everybody in they need a lot of seats right and I have absolutely zero issue with a school district ex- accepting a donation of free space from a church. Churches are big parts of every community. They've got the space. They want to help out. The issue comes up with last year when they held this convocation at a local church, Abundant Life, there were some members of the staff that protested, that were didn't want to have it there because they felt this church was not accepting of the LGBT community. They, they didn't want to participate in that. They felt uncomfortable. 
going to that. They voiced their opinions to the district, and then what, when the district chose to use this space again this year, they voiced their opinions, this time a little louder. It got onto social media. Several said they were going to protest, they were going to wear T-shirts, all of this, and then it got into the news. And in the end, the district then decided, hey, let's make a switch, and they moved the convocation onto school property at least some in high school. Right, and and I think you I think you touched on it when you you started this in the beginning that. It's a it's it's an optics thing as much as anything else. If you are already in the middle of struggles with making stuff work, uh, maybe you should be a little bit more cognizant of who you're partnering with and making sure that that is as inclusive as possible. And, and in all honesty, and, and I hate to beat this drum again and again, but this is like a demonstration of why this equity training is needed is just to open your open everybody's viewpoints to take in the stances of those that aren't you. Uh, and, and, and that's exactly what those sorts of this, the, the training and the consulting and all that is supposed to help do is just to give people tools to broaden their viewpoint, to, to bring in those ideas so they can have those discussions. So maybe, I mean that, you know, it, it, from the press reports, it doesn't sound like the church wants to change its stance on marriage equality, however, and that, but that's a piece of conversation. And so, if the church doesn't like the negative uh, press, they can have a conversation amongst themselves and make changes or not with the known consequences that come about. And I, I would assume that Abundant Life was not the only church in this city with a hall large enough to house the convocation, uh, since it was held in the uh, the uh, Lee Summit High School or will be held in the Lee Summit High School. Which, by gym. the way, is is no small auditorium. <laughs> no, um, and but I mean they can make that decision going forward. But this is a question that they need to pay attention to: Who are you partnering with? What message does that send to your staff, to your students, and those sorts of things? And and we should, um, so we should credit the district for making the right decision on the back end to um, to respect those requests and 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 maybe have a they can actually have a conversation about it moving forward. I, I think I think the first thing you said there was probably I think that's the biggest thing that it's it's, it's an optics thing when you've spent all of these many many months over a year in a very public debate over hard things and a lot of that debate has included are you listening to your staff are you listening to the community and so when for a year your staff has made a complaint has said we want to do this differently you, you can't be that tone deaf in those in those decisions so i think i think it's kind of what we've all been asking of the district during this time is 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 think a little harder about, right. about and the this, optics uh, of your of your decisions and, and to your be clear, actions. This is not a school board thing. This is a staff thing. This is administration who makes the plans for this. This is not something that ever gets up all the way to the board level, at least in the planning for an event type thing. So this is not us criticizing the Board of Education. This is a criticism of the staff and, and the way that that's being handled. So you can see clearly that these issues run deeper than, than just the seven people at the dais um, on that. All right. In further R7 news, the Board of Education has announced uh, this week that they are taking further steps towards the selection of their next permanent superintendent. As you are probably aware, I've seen um, Dr. Emily Miller as the, uh, quote, acting superintendent right now during the transition. They uh, they proved this week a posting in, in a work session, a posting for an interim superintendent. So there will be a a short period of time for people to put in resumes or CVs to be the interim superintendent during this next school year, most likely. And then at the same time, they approved uh, an RFP, Request for Proposals, 
to hire a search firm to look for the next permanent superintendent, which one would hope would be hired uh, for the 2020-2021 school year. And I think while we're, while we're on the subject of of optics and of transparency and communicating to the public, I think a, a good job by the district in, in putting that this news out right after their work session this week so that, that we, the people, know kind of what's going on and where, where they are at in that process of, of filling that top seat in the district. Yes, I hope they, I hope they continue to, uh, to stay that communicative and transparent as we go forward. All right, so that comes through. Those are the first couple of things. Uh, the last piece is to talk a little bit about a piece of land. Woohoo! Real estate. Real estate, always the most exciting thing in the world. Um, so last night at City Council, uh, there was a bill put forth uh, for the council to recommend appro- or approve the signing of a termination of rights and responsibilities and agreements uh, agreement with the the Grove or Westcott development. Uh, on the piece of land down, um, it's basically at 291 and Purcells and Bay. Oh, it's actually on the Bailey side of 291 there, uh, between the the train tracks and 291. Um, there's some land there. There's a long and glorious story about this piece of land. Nick, you wanna you wanna give this story to us? Well, I, I'm not really gonna give this this story yet. Okay. I, I think I think this this little segment of ours here is gonna follow the, a similar theme of transparency and of communication with with the people who who elect who elect the city council and mayor i'm gonna, I'm gonna start with this was added to the agenda at about 4 50 p.m on monday night so so council agenda by by law is posted on friday to the public for the next tuesday's meeting correct so that the people have time to see what's going to be discussed and what what they will be voting on this was slipped in at the very last minute of business on Monday night before a Tuesday night meeting. And while I always, as a member of the media, I'm always a proponent of the Sunshine Law and, and keeping the people informed, this this topic I think is a little different because, Jason, as you put, this has been kind of a controversial piece of land for eight Ten years now. Well, I mean, honestly, for like twenty, but let's <laughs> let's not go back that far. Um, and so it seems like this is a, a piece of land that the city keeps trying to give away. Is that a good way to put it? Well, I mean, they certainly they acquired the land, um, and and then in 2011 they they set up a, a development agreement with Exergonics, um, who are proposing to make uh, batteries, um, like you know large rechargeable batteries like you would find in a hybrid vehicle or something of that nature um and part of the part of the the deal that happened then was some guarantees about quality jobs and what have you and because of you know economic conditions and investments drying up and whatever none of that development actually i think we can all just say 2008 Right. Well, but this happened after. But I mean, but that during that, that whole was process, a lingering yes, recession. Uh, it didn't happen. Short version is the ideas that were coming forth didn't happen. So in 2016, this was brought back up um, by, and 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 it gets a little cloudy here. But the the Exergonics folks and the a proposed Westcott development um, that that came in were represented by the same attorney. Um, in this process, um, and it's not entirely clear how overlapping those developments may be, but 
we don't know. We just don't know. Um, and they, the, the attorney came in and gave a presentation to propose a new development deal, essentially, for this Westcott group. And they were to do some industrial something something. Um, I remember watching it in the, the 2016. First, the first phase was going to be industrial development, which which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I think we are lacking in Lee Summit. The, and then the second phases, second and third phases, we're going to include some multi-use and some retail. Right. Um, and and it was sold, I think, the vis- the pictures that they drew and put on the screen were primarily of the retail and mixed-use yeah. part. It was presented with the pretty pictures, although the main part of the development was industrial. Right. And, and there was, and I, I don't think I'm being out of school by saying this, uh, a lot of unspoken threats of litigation if the city were attempted to reclaim the title to the land as per the original development agreement. And the city council did not choose to fight that fight. Um, though I spoke with some of, at the time, uh, city attorney staff, um, and just to discuss it in general, and they, they felt like they had a pretty strong case to, to win if they want to do that. But city council chose not to fight that fight, and they put a new deal together um, that required the building of a certain square footage, I think it was like half a million square feet or 200,000 square feet or some number, of building um, by August, I believe it's 15th of 2019, and here we are at the 1st of August of 2019, or last night was the 6th of August, and not even so much as an ounce of concrete has been poured. Um, they cleared some trees, but essentially have put the developers have put essentially no money into the property. Um, so Monday at 4.50, this, this proposed agreement appears on the docket, and we had a chance to review it. And let me kind of give you the basic structure of what it said. It said essentially that the Grove Westcott folks would pay the city – just a little over $3 million um, in money, um, as well as carve out a piece of land that was part of the original development agreement. There was supposed to be a piece of a plot of that land dedicated to the, and given to the city for the building of a new fire station um, with some assurances on that, about $400,000 worth of improvements promised on that particular piece of land. In exchange, uh, then both sides would sign an agreement basically releasing any claims that they would have against one another. And that essentially means that the city would release its claim to be able to get all of the rest of the land back, and the Grove would waive which, which means theoretical The rights. development milestone of 250,000 square feet, or and, and that's probably not exact, is gone. Right. Um, and so that popped up last night um, on, the, on the docket. Now, I think that in terms of whether or not this is a good deal – you know, air quotes on that is is solely dependent on whether that three million dollar price is an appropriate value for what the city is releasing. In that, I think they were completely on solid ground in terms. Obviously, the the development markers were clear that those things did not happen. Um, it would have been very simple for the land to revert to the city, and the city is making the decision, or at least so far, has voted to make the decision to uh, to to let that go in exchange for a sack of money. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jason at this point we're gonna go into here's again where I'm gonna talk about lack of communication and information to the people so yes. it gets to the docket last night they get to the point where they bring it up and they get to discussion one council member has comment council member Rob Benny has a comment he explains why he's voting no and he thinks it and he says quote we are rewarding failure. He basically brought up a lot of the th- points that you just made. And then at that point, we heard 
from no one else on the dais. Literal crickets. And it passed. Six to two. The two no votes were, were Councilmember Rob Binney and Councilmember Diane Forte. Now, both of whom happen to be the council members sitting over this development land um, as well. So there, that, that may be part of that process. But as a whole, that was there. But there was no discussion. There was no presentation from city staff as to why they thought this was a good deal. There was no defense of the, the idea from any of the members voting yes. Um, and there was just nothing. And so now we are, as a city, left with a completely unexplained transaction um, that that is going on. So, and that's my biggest rub with all of this, are those two things. One, it felt like it was kind of snuck onto the agenda. And two, there was nothing put on the record by our elected officials as to why they were doing that. And, and look, when, when you're talking about the entire city budget – and three million dollars coming in. It's not a huge piece of money. And and I did put out I did put out some some emails and phone calls to try to get a better feel for market value of that land. As of this time of recording, I, I haven't heard back yet. So that's a that's that is a good question that you brought up. I think is the three million comparable to what the to and, what the land's worth? And but I still think could, it goes the, back to we haven't heard. We the people have not heard yet why they are making this decision. And this this piece of land has just kind of been there and not developed and now two different developers haven't met the milestones that the city has put on it for these these deals that where they're essentially giving land away right well i mean they're selling the land essentially but well they I are mean, now not technically they are, but they, yes, they, they are now yes they keep trying to get investment and, and deals and it's not there and now they're finally maybe and then and and then this is the point it's in the end this may be the an appropriate and well-reasoned decision I have no reason to doubt city staff's recommendations and what they want to do, but we don't know because nobody has said, "Hey, this is this is an appropriate deal because X." I, I, yeah, and it I would agree be very. Your... It would be very simple to have had staff or the developer or even even the mayor or a different council member just say on the record, "Hey, we've had an appraisal. The land is worth this much. They are paying this much." Just right. so we know. Or or some other, you know, mechanism in that process. I guess I have one other criticism, and this is not so much of this council as it is of the prior council, of which, by the way, there's some significant overlap. But my major concern is that at the time that this com- came, I thought that the council did not exhibit any courage in standing up to the developer on, on this project, um, or more precisely, the developer's attorney. Um, I thought at the time that the the Westcott group was very difficult to parse out what was legitimate and what wasn't. The supposed key money person kept not making the meetings for a long stretch. It was very and, – and it looked pretty obvious to me that this was not a, a locked down great investment group that was ready to get the ground running and, and do this development. And the council just – absolutely cratered to the veiled threats of lawsuits from the developer's attorney. And I, we weren't on the air yet. I, and I, so I could not have put that on the, on the point, but I was very critical of it at the time. Uh, and, and I thought that that was not a great deal. I think the lesson that this council should take into that is to perhaps exhibit more courage um, and and go forward. And so I wanted to make that criticism as well, is that this is a lesson that can be learned, is that it's okay for the council to take a brave stance and then stand behind it when they do it, including this 
unexplained and potentially controversial choice that they're making here with that. So all that being said. Well, and I think I think courage could be even just to take that time to have that discussion and ask some questions. Right. Just so and and let's be very clear. And there are some council members who are better at this than others. Sometimes they ask questions during during presentations, during public hearings, and this is not a public hearing, nor will it be a public hearing. They ask questions just to put things on the record. Right. And that is that is a good, good thing. Absolutely. It's something that we try to do, and I know I try to do often at the uh, planning commission level, is just to make sure certain things are, are discussed explicitly so that that's part of the decision-making at the back end. So just to keep in mind, so that ten, last night was a first reading. Um, it did not come up on an emergency ordinance, so they did not pass it into ordinance at this point. So next week, presumably, it will be on the agenda again for a second reading. Um, so if people have concerns or would like to raise their voices and be heard that they would like a little bit more explanation as to what the heck was going on or why they're making this decision, they have an opportunity to go during public comments. And this is the important part, since there is not, as you said, a public hearing, go during public comments and raise their voice, send emails, make phone calls, get involved in the process, ask for those answers so that we can get them on the record at at council and it's in the public record as to why the city is making the decision that they are making. The word of the day, Jason, transparency. Yay. We're back on process. We're on it again. Yes for us. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that's about it for this week uh, that we have to cover, I believe. So we are, uh, thank you all once again for listening and putting up with Nick's vacation. Uh, and uh, I think our vacations are, are, are over now. You've taken yours. I've taken my vacation. Well, look, it's it's my birthday week, so I'm still gonna I'm still gonna be out having some fun. Well, go ahead and have some fun this week, but uh, but you know we did we did squeeze the podcast in in between your celebrations and and salutations for your birthday, um, and you have to do it, of course, not as fast and not as much as you did when you were younger. <laughs> One last thing, Jason, before we go, I want to bring up, I'm going to tease kind of our Friday conversation beginning this week. Actually, this week is going to be on Friday is going to be a little bit of a, of a preview. And then the following three Fridays, the Friday Friday episodes of Lee Summit Town Hall, there's going to be a takeover. Four local youth, some some high school age students are taking over the show, Jason. So I have been. Honestly, can they do worse than we do? That's, that's impossible. <laughs> that's impossible. We set the bar low. Remember? That's right. Um, I've been a part of the the community's youth suicide prevention and mental health task force for a little over over a year now and out of that came um there's there are some youth participating in that and out of that came came this group that said we'd like a place to talk we'd like a place to bring up our ideas our thoughts our conversations for others like us for teens and, and put that out there. And so they are taking over the podcast, Jason. And so they're going to talk about mental health. They're going to talk about the role that technology plays in their lives. They're going to talk about just what it's like to be be a teen in today's world. I should probably listen to that since I have one and one about to be one. So yeah. <laughs> I think I think it, I think it will be be very helpful for for us old farts to 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 watch or listen in. Um, but I but I, I also will stress that that their whole premise behind this and look i didn't do anything but push the buttons and kind of help them learn how to how to talk with the microphones and cameras on them um but they they brought up the topics and they want really wanted this to be a a shows 
by youth for youth. So, so I am excited to give them their voice and put those out. Um, this coming Friday, I'm going to have a little conversation to preview it with, with some of those youth and also with a couple of, of mental health experts to kind of preview those. And then the next three Fridays will be TakeOver. You mean we're finally doing something like really awesome and productive with our podcast? Well, I'm going to I'm going to try my best. That's good. Well, I'm <laughs> glad that you and and noted that when we do that, we totally hand it off to other people. So, just keep to expect once again, we're going to keep the bar low and those teens are going to fly way over the top of it. So, look, look can I can I just say 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 one thing? Look. I like everybody else of our generation and the generations above us. Love a good joke about today's kids. Kids these days. But I've met these. I've met a lot of others lately. Let's just give them the keys. These are good kids. The next generation, everyone that I've met, um, they've got a good head on their shoulders. And they are ready to, to take on the world. And they've got good ideas. And they want to be good people and good members of the community. So I'm very proud of what, of what they put together. Absolutely. All right. Well, that will do it for this week. Thank you all for listening. Remember, you can catch the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast on just about every podcast app you have check us out we'll talk to you next time you have been listening to lee summit town hall a link to lee summit podcast with hosts nick parker and jason norberry a proud member of the fredcast network you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every monday wednesday and friday for all the news analysis and conversations on the lee summit community connect with us on facebook at link to lee summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall.